Hi, good morning. This is Pastor Wes here. We're not having in-person gatherings this morning, uh, so I thought I'd come down on the Gardner waterfront and record my sermon, and uh, we'll see how it goes. I don't, I don't know if there'll be too many pedestrians uh, um, disrupting or anything like that. Uh, I was hoping to maybe get a sturgeon flopping at some point here, too. I don't know. I want you to open up your Bibles to Psalm chapter 5. Psalm chapter 5. I was going to do a uh, sort of a seminar this morning on church growth, but I really want that to be uh, done at a at an in-person gathering. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and do Psalm 5 this morning. And the title of my sermon this morning is Starting the Day with Truth. Starting the Day with Truth. Uh, you might remember Lauren Daigle had this song that came out this last year called You Say. And it's all about how... Uh, the first line is, I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. And it's really interesting how we can really wake up, not just on the wrong side of the bed, but maybe to another day of distraction or another day of difficulty, another day of insecurity. Um, and that line really captures the way a lot of people feel. Uh, to give a little bit of biblical clarity, uh, I, I hope that nobody just takes that as a, a real... A self-help. You can do it. You are good enough. Because I feel like the gospel message or the, the, the Bible's message is that, no, you're not good enough, but God is good enough. You're not strong enough, but God is strong enough. And all reliance needs to be uh, on Him. And in Psalm chapter 5, I feel like we have David um, sort of doing the same thing. Uh, he's, um, he's talking about difficulty. So many of the Psalms are about all the difficulty that he has. Um, but he talks about what, getting up in the morning, getting up in the morning and crying out to God for help, crying out to God for help first thing. Uh, and I'm here in the morning because this psalm mentions the morning. Um, but mornings are so valuable. They set the tone for the rest of the day. Uh, there was a, a great quotation I'll share with you. Uh, An hour in the morning is worth two in the afternoon. And I find that to be true in my life, in, in work and productivity. An hour in the morning is worth two in the afternoon. I can get twice as much done in the morning. Uh, so that really is has played out in my life. The terrible thing is, do you know who said that? Chairman Mao said that. And Chairman Mao was one of the worst people that ever lived. He, he's responsible for the deaths of about 50 million people. But, you know, even a broken clock is right twice a day, right? Uh, and it's true. Uh, mornings are so good, and if I could start off the day uh, on the right foot, if I could start off the day on the right attitude, and if I could start off the day with a clear focus for what I need to do that day, what I need to accomplish that day, it would help so much. Let's go ahead and pray, and then let's start reading Psalm chapter 5, and let's uh, start our day off right. Lord, we love you, and thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Please, Holy Spirit, teach us from it this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so Psalm chapter 5, verse 1. Um, th this, this whole psalm, to me, is it gives us what we need for the day, and that is assurance, assurance. And the first thing that we need every morning is, uh, is in terms of our relationship with God, is relational assurance. He's still our God. We're still his child. We still have that connection with him. Okay, so let's start reading. Psalm chapter 5, verse 1. Listen to my words, Lord. Consider my lament. Hear my cry for help, my King and my God. For to you I pray. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. 
And so what we see here uh, is this relation, relational assurance. Uh, he, if you wake up every day doubting God's goodness, God, doubting God's existence, doubting His faithfulness to you, you're going to have a whole lot of worry all throughout the day. But if you start your day off with assurance that God knows you, knows your life, knows your needs, knows what you're going to be doing that day, um, then you'll walk in assurance all day long. The first thing that the psalmist asks is for God to hear his lament. Uh, and he's, so he started a day off badly. He started a day off depressed. Uh, and I think it's a great idea for you to tell God exactly how you feel every morning, honestly. Don't get up. And I remember this movie, What About Bob, where he's just sitting in the mirror saying, I feel good, I feel great, I feel wonderful. And it was a lie. It was not true. He felt terrible all the time. Um, but that was part of the humor of the, of the movie. Um, get up every day and honestly tell God how you feel. Honestly let Him know what's going on in your heart. Uh, honestly let Him know, hey, Lord, I'm exhausted. I, I slept all night and I'm still exhausted. Uh, Lord, it, uh, I, I, I'm angry this morning. Lord, I'm going to need your grace to be merciful all day long. Um, the fact is, start your day off with confession that I'm about to get up on the wrong side of the bed. I'm about to uh, get out of bed, and, and it's because children are crying, not because uh, doves are cooing, you know, whatever it is. Lord, I'm about to get up here, and I'm afraid that it, this whole day is just going to be bad from here on out. Be honest with how you feel right when you get up uh, in the morning. And there's, there's a, a verse of submission uh, verse 2 is a verse of submission. He says, you're my king, you're my God. And so there's this willingness to be conformed throughout the day. That's the good thing here. He's been honest with God about how he feels first thing in the morning. And he's been, and he said, uh, you're my king, you're my God. I bend my knee to you. Uh, and I want you uh, to be my Lord throughout the day. And I submit my life to you. And I'm going I'm to be a, a willing subject, a, an obedient servant all throughout the day. Uh, can you do this? Are, is man willing to accept God's work in, in his life? That's a great question. And so then David lays out all these requests to God. But look, God doesn't need to be told what you need. He already knows it. But it's good for you to lay those things out because it gets you thinking clearly. You uh, lay out your day. God knows what your day is really going to go like. He knows exactly what's going to happen that day. But if you just lay out, Lord, this is what I anticipate all throughout the day today, and I need your help. Uh, so tell God the grace that you need for each day. Start off that day telling God what you need for, uh, for grace that day, and then wait expectantly. I think that's a great that's a great way to end that little snippet right there, is to say, wait expectantly. He said, I wait expectantly. I, w I wait in faith, and faith pleases God. Uh, so wait in faith. Uh, faith requires patience and trust, and God is impressed with anybody who has faith in Him. Okay? So let's keep reading. After David has uh, gotten this relational assurance, what's he going to get next? For you are not a God who is pleased with wickedness. With you, evil people are not welcome. The arrogant stand in your, uh, cannot stand in your presence. You hate all who do wrong. You destroy those who tell lies. The bloodthirsty and deceitful you, Lord, detest. And so now after a time of prayer, uh, your heart should be more aligned with God. And that, should, that gives David uh, this moral 
assurance. He's had relational assurance in the first couple of verses, first three verses, and now he's got he's getting this moral assurance. And now you can read these uh, three verses here as accusations. David is accusing, and he's uh, he's talking about other people, evildoers, all of you, you will, you know, you're bad, you're, and God hates you, and all this stuff. But what I really think he's doing is he's saying. Um, me, the evil person in me, the evil in my heart, that's what I want to get rid of, uh, because I, I want to make sure that I know, that I know that God is not pleased with wickedness. I want to make sure that I know that whenever I'm, uh, my life is characterized by sin, that I won't be welcome uh, in God's presence. I won't be able to stand. Um, and that if I start telling lies, it, God will destroy me, or it will lead to my destruction. Um, so I'm, I'm telling all these things to myself. The fact is, if I get up every day and I sort of know what I need to do that day or I know what I want out of life, but I don't lay it out before the Lord and I don't ask for God's help and grace in getting those things that I need, then I'm going to be tempted to resort to uh, wicked and evil and sinful methods to do it. But here, in these verses, David is assuring himself that, no, 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 no. Evil methods are not the way to get what you need. Evil ways are not, they're not going to please God and they're not going to get you, uh, they're not going to advance you in life. It's going to lead to your destruction. So uh, it's not its not accusing other people, saying, you wicked people, God's going to destroy you. It's more like, hey, I'd better not become wicked. I'd better not become evil. I need the moral assurance uh, that I need to get through the day that there is a right way to do things and I need to stay uh, in that right way. Um, so we started off with right, relational assurance, now we've got moral assurance, and, and all of that leads to this assurance of salvation, assurance of salvation, assurance that um, I can trust God uh, and uh, I can't have this relationship with Him. So listen to this, listen to this starting in verse 7, but I, but I by your great love can come into your house, in reverence I bow down toward your temple. Lead me, Lord, in your righteousness. Because of my enemies, make your way straight before me. So David knows that since he's trusting God and since he's shunning evil, he can go into God's house. He's got this assurance of salvation. But it's not because he's so good. Remember, he's in the second section of verses, he has shunned evil. He has shunned evil. But that's not the reason that he can go into God's house. He can go into God's house because of God's great love, because of God's great love, because of God's great love and mercy for him. So even though he's embracing faith and shunning evil, he still knows that only by God's good grace can he enters, uh, enter God's house. And, and this is David, so in his time, it is the tabernacle. It's not the big Solomon's temple or the temple in Jesus' time. It's this, this tabernacle, which is a sort of a tent-like structure um, with the Ark of the Covenant in it. Um, but he expects to come away from worship also with wisdom and a clear path forward. Uh, so look at verse 8. Lead me, Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. And it's, it's just interesting that he says, you know, I'm going to the to the temple. I, I've got this access to God. I'm going to worship God. I bow down in reverence to him. Um, and what does that give me? That gives me clarity of mind so that I can live righteously. And it helps me see a straight path forward. Uh, because I've 
because I have acknowledged God, because I have invited him into my day, and because I have said, no, I, I declare that I'm not going to get things or do things in the wicked way, um, now, now, he's got a straight path before him. He knows exactly. He has weeded out all the, all the bad ways to get something or do something, and he's got a straight path before him. He knows what he needs to do. So worship, um, worship gives you, can give you, this sort of clarity of mind and this straight path forward. Um, and it can also give you faith that God is working for ultimate victory, even if now everything seems to be failing. Um, David needs assurance that it's all going to turn out all right. It, he needs assurance of this ultimate justice, ultimate working of God's plan. And he knows that the bad guys aren't going to win. And this time of prayer and worship, uh, it gives him that assurance. So look at verse 9. Verse 9 says, Not a word from their mouth, this is the evil, the wicked people, not a word from their mouth can be trusted. Their heart is filled with malice. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues they tell lies. Declare them guilty, O God. Let their tongues, or let their intrigues be their downfall. Banish them for their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. So don't listen to the devil. This is what he's saying here. Uh, Jesus called the devil the father of lies, and and his the devil's first words in the Bible were, were nothing but deception. So even when uh, the devil quoted scripture to Jesus. It was even with the intent that Jesus would use God's word to commit sin. So there's a liar out there. There's somebody out there that's deceitful. And uh, sometimes that's the devil. And sometimes that is uh, a, a, a fool. And sometimes it's a, a fool who works intentionally. And other times it's a fool who's just a fool. Uh, just because they don't know. Just because they sort of live in, in ignorance of spiritual truth. Uh, and in your life, you're going to get all of those people around you. You're going to get the devil whispering in your ear. You're also going to get people with truly wicked intentions. And they're going to try to persuade you to do the wrong thing the wrong way. Uh, and then there are the lovable fools who, you know what, they're really not trying to hurt anybody. They're just not guided by God's wisdom and God's truth. And all of those people can lead you astray. And so you need to shun them. Uh, you need to shun the devil for certain and all liars in your life you need to set firm boundaries with people that you know do not have uh, good and your best intentions and, and, and righteousness in their heart and get them out of there. but even the lovable fool who's just misguided you gotta set a boundary there so that you're not listening to uh, a person who even with love in their heart is still giving you very bad advice you gotta set some kind of boundaries uh, with those people and David knows this for himself, uh, and he wants others to know it also. And that's a very interesting thing, is that in these last set of verses, he really, it, it's, you know, right before Jesus left, he has done all this teaching all this time, and his very last instructions was, now go and tell everybody. And in Celebrate Recovery, in step 12, it says, you know, we've had a spiritual experience because of all these steps, and now I want to lead others, and I want to guide others, and I want to tell other people all about it. I have been saved from this um, terrible life of hurts, habits, and hang-ups, and now I want to tell other people that they've got this, this similar hope, the same kind of hope that I do. And so look at these last, these last uh, couple of verses here, verses 11 and 12, where, um, where David's going to proclaim good news to everybody. Listen to this. He says, but let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them sing, ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them. 
that those who love your name may rejoice in you. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. And so David has had times in his life when he didn't consider the Lord, and other times when he laid his heart open before the Lord, asking for help. And those are the better days. Uh, and he'd like you to know it. He has taken refuge in the Lord, and he was glad that he did. It made him sing, and his contention is that you should do the same thing too. Um, his experience, uh, his, his, his experience, he's experienced God's protection, covering him like a warm blanket, and it was comforting. Uh, he's felt God's grace surrounding him, not like a, a comforting blanket, but like a thick walls uh, that no enemy's arrow can pierce. And, and I know you, that I have needs, and I know that I get tempted, tempted to fill them in my own way, but I'm usually misguided on how I do it. Um, I know that I, get my own, that I get my own way often, and I know that I get myself in trouble when I get my own way a lot of times, and it makes it harder to solve problems. Those problems just sort of snowball and get out of control. And I have a feeling you can relate to that. David would tell us that uh, to take all of our that we need to take all of our problems and all of our embarrassing situations and our sin and lay them out before the Lord. Uh, do you have a sin problem? I know you do. Don't you think that the Lord knows how to fix it? The devil's not going to help you. How, why in the world would you think that the devil could or would or even the world, even the the misguided world? Do you really think that they would be able to help you get rid of your sin problem? Only the holy righteous God. A God who has never committed a sin. Only He is the one who can really tell you how to extricate yourself from it. Uh, he can get you out of it. Uh, so let Him show you. Let Him show you that. Let Him show you your situation more clearly. And let Him get you out of your quagmire. Start your day with prayer. There's a great movie. Okay, so this is about the third, second or third movie I've quoted this morning. But there's this movie called Hitch. And it's a really good movie. And uh, in the, he's a morning person, and he tells this person who's not a morning person, he says, like I always say, start every day as if it were on purpose. And God's got a purpose for every day. It's an intentional gift to wake up every morning knowing that God is with you and God is going to guide your day. Uh, there's either focused labor to be done, uh, and there's progress to be made, or there's intentional Sabbath to be enjoyed. And... God can help you um, order every single one of those days so that your work is done well and done for His glory and done in the right way. Uh, and He can even help you with your resting. Lord, help me to rest today. Lord, today's my day off. Show me how to make the most of, of the rest and Sabbath that I need today. Invite Him into every day of your life and ask Him to help you at work and at rest. Trust Him. Pray to Him, worship Him, wait for Him. And let's be a church where people can come and they can lay their lives open too. Let's be a church that directs people to prayer. Let's be a church that directs people to be aligned with God's moral compass. Let's be a church that provides a worship environment that inspires people to walk away uh, from sin and from unrighteous living and to resolve to live righteously to do things the righteous way. Uh, let's get rid of, help them get rid of all their bad options and show them the one good option in the Lord. Don't we believe that all of this is the best way to live? And if we do, 
It's what we need to be sharing with everybody around us. We need to be practicing this where we, we get up every morning, lay our day out before the Lord, confess to Him that we need Him, um, shun all the, the evil ways that we could get what, get what we need that day, and then rely on Him, and then tell other people about it. Tell other people about how it works out so good for us when we submit our lives to the Lord. All right? Let's pray, and then we'll be done. Heavenly Father, we love you, and I'm glad that I came out here this morning. I'm glad that I came out here uh, to lay my day before you, and I pray, Lord, that you will help me today, uh, help all of us to order our day well, order our work well, order our rest well in you. Help us to worship you and pray to you and, and come away with that straight path forward. And help us to be a people who testify about our life with you. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Good to see you today. Have a good afternoon. Bye.